Hey there, special educators. Welcome to Autism Academy 360, a podcast to making your job as special education teachers easier. I'm Lisa. And I'm Abby, a behavior specialist. And together, we have over 25 years of special education experience. And I'm a veteran autism teacher. We both are passionate about empowering you with practical teaching strategies and actionable tips and tricks that will help you thrive in your role. Whether you're a seasoned educator looking for fresh insights, a newbie navigating your first classroom, or a parent of a neurodivergent child, this podcast is your go-to resource for all things autism. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, special educators, and welcome back to another episode of Autism Academy 360. I'm your host, Lisa Holiday, and today I want to talk about 10 different types of visual schedules that you could be using as a special educator. There really are so many more than 10, but today I just want to dive into the very specific ones that I have used in my special education classrooms. You guys listen, all humans, everyone craves routine. There's just a sense of comfort in knowing what to expect next. Using visual schedules or checklists really can help provide that structure. You know, even as adults, we all benefit from using visual schedules. Have you ever gone to the store or a grocery shopping trip without some sort of list? I'm sure that some of you are sitting there like, oh yeah, Lisa, I have. But going to the grocery store without a list, I get so confused. I don't know what to buy. I'm sitting there thinking, what do I have on my shelf? What's in my refrigerator? Do I have that in the cabinet? I am constantly thinking, ugh, and it stresses me out. It's actually anxiety. And I go way off budget. I'm sure some of you guys can relate. Going to the grocery store without a list, you are definitely going to go off budget. I usually overfill my cart. So having that list really helps me navigate the store And it makes sure I don't forget anything that I might need for a future recipe or something that I need for my kids' lunch. So really having a visual schedule or a checklist will provide that sense of security and reduce anxiety. I also really feel more productive and on task when I have these types of things in front of me. I am a huge to-do list person. I have lists everywhere. I have digital list. I have a paper list. I have a little um, sticky note everywhere. And so having that gives me a sense of accomplishment because even taking out my iPhone and having a to-do list, a visual to-do list on my notes app on my iPhone, and I can cross those things off, it makes me feel more productive and helps me stay on task throughout the day. So I know even some teachers will argue that kids don't need schedules, but I will disagree with them every single time. So let's dive right into it. I'm going to be talking about 10 different visual schedules that you could be using with your students. The first one I want to talk about is an object schedule. Object schedules are just that. They're schedules made with objects. So these types of schedules are usually for visually impaired students. So when you're creating these object schedules, you want to pair the object with the subject so that when the students feels the objects with their hands, especially if they have a visual impairment, they understand where they are going or what's coming up next. For example, 
Say you have a student that has lunch. I would use a fork, a real fork or a spork to represent lunch on the schedule. You can take large foam board pieces like four by fours and glue the object right onto that foam board. I would also write the word on that schedule so that all the adults in the room knows the language to use and what to call each activity. I would also try to talk to your teacher of visually impaired or your TVI person about when you start creating that object schedule. Now, it's not only for people that have visual impairments. A lot of students really like to see an object schedule. However, I have not had a lot of experience using object schedules. I only have ever had one student use this type of schedule. So the next schedule I want to talk about is the first then boards. I use first then boards in my classroom every single day. You can use this as a simple schedule before you use a very giant schedule that you're used to, or you can use it in addition to the schedule that they already have. Sometimes students aren't ready for a full schedule, and you can start with the first then schedule to get them used to the concept of something happening first, and then there's something coming after that activity. All right, let's talk about number three, the picture schedule. This is going to be your very typical picture icon schedule. You want to make sure that when you create a schedule that has icons, that you also include the words. You want to expose the child to the written word as much as possible so that you can eventually fade that picture away to transition to like a written schedule or something that's a little bit more difficult. A great way to do this over time is to gradually increase the font of the words that you're using and make the picture smaller. If you do that over time, fading those pictures altogether makes it makes it a lot easier. Now, as far as your orientation, you can have a vertical schedule or a horizontal schedule. You can even have the schedule covered up so they can only see some of the schedule at certain parts of the day. Some kids aren't ready to see an entire schedule. It can be very overwhelming. Maybe you break up the schedule into three chunks, you know, an a.m., middle of the day, and then a p.m. schedule so that they can only see very small portions of their day. But it's just going to be dependent on the child's needs, and you have to decide which one to use. Let's talk about number four, a written schedule. This is a great schedule to use in the secondary for secondary students. Right now, most of my students can handle a written schedule, but they choose to have it on a dry erase board right in front of the room. And actually, this year, we changed from dry erase to using magnets. So what I did was put all of our activities on magnets. It's typed out. Every single magnet has a different color, so it's a very color-coordinated, huge visual schedule in the front of the board so that when they're all done with the activity, they can either erase it, which is the dry erase one I used to use, or they remove the magnets. They really do prefer to see their schedule disappearing. They want to know, when I'm done with that activity, it's done. I don't want to see it anymore. And you guys, I'm the same way. Once I'm done with something, I cross it off. It's done. It's over. All right, let's talk about number five, the binder schedule. 
This schedule is meant to benefit the kids who kind of travel between, maybe they're traveling to gen ed classrooms, or maybe they're going to music or some sort of special activity. This is also a great option for secondary students who are attending multiple classrooms and subjects throughout the school day. So if you have a student going to nine different blocks throughout the day, a binder schedule is super helpful for that. And not only that, it kind of disguises that they have a disability. Using a binder schedule is super age appropriate because other students are carrying binders throughout the building, right? So having a schedule tucked away inside the binder is super great for them. The schedule that's living inside this binder, though, could be any type of visual schedule that you want. You could have picture schedule. You could have a laminated sheet that's just words. You could have a real image visual schedule tucked away in there. However you want it, it's just inside of that binder. All right, let's talk about number six, the checklist schedule. So I use these types of schedules in conjunction with other types of schedules. For example, if I have a student who's struggling with, say, the end of the day routine, I might write up a little checklist that has little boxes that they can go through and just check off what's done. However, we want them as independent as possible. And if a paraprofessional is supporting them throughout their entire end of the day routine, then we know we need a system in place to get them to do this themselves. So oftentimes this is called a mini schedule. It could be called a checklist schedule, whatever you want to call it. It is just another piece of their schedule that's just broken down even more for them to be independent. All right, let's talk about number seven, which is that real photo schedule. This type of schedule is when you're using actual photos of the centers or the people or the classrooms or any other thing that's found in the school, say the gymnasium. These photos should be something that the child sees every single day. For example, if your student is going to art class, the image on their schedule should be the actual art class or the actual art teacher. It's not a clip art version. It's not a board maker version. It's not some random art teacher you saw on the, on the web. It's a real photo. And I know sometimes this takes a little bit more effort and time to create, but it is really good if a student is just not ready for those clip art images. Let's talk about eight, which is the mini schedules. I put these types of schedules within the student's schedule. For example, if a student says that they have math next, they will take their little icon and they'll go to that center and then maybe they even match the another math icon to it. But for example, the student might have no clue what they're supposed to do at math. This schedule can be that checklist or it can be another picture schedule, written schedule on the whiteboard. However, you should be using mini schedules throughout your entire day I know that Abby talked about that in the previous, one of the previous episodes, so you can go ahead and listen to that. So let's talk about another type of schedule that I'm so excited about is a mobile schedule or a schedule on your device, whether it's an iPad or their iPhone. This type of schedule is something that you should be striving for, for all students. I see this type of schedule most often with high school students as it's very age appropriate to be, you know, whipping out your cell phone to see what's happening next in your day. 
And even as adults, we do this all of the time by checking our own Google calendars or even our email to let us know what's happening next. You can have this set up right in Google. There's also a lot of different apps that you could be using that you could have on their devices. All right, the final one is a traveling schedule. I see schedules that can travel all the time. I've seen felt schedules that are four foot long with huge picture icons that they can walk around the school or classroom with. So you can have these giant schedules that travel throughout the building. Any type of schedule that can be moved and goes with them throughout the classroom is a travel schedule. And don't forget that schedules do not need to be posted inside the classroom and never move. You want to think about the freedom of traveling schedules for students. I also want to point out that you can mix any of the ones that I talked about today. You don't have to have every single student using a binder schedule. You don't have to have every single student using a visual, you know, clip art schedule with a student. Every single student that you have with special needs could be using a different schedule. And these are not the be-all, end-all of all schedules. I have seen so many different types of schedules. I've even seen Lego schedules. I've seen a teacher use Legos where they did 10 of those big Duplo blocks, and she put the schedule picture on each of the block, and the student just took them away as he did them. So the very top of that Lego tower was, say, morning meeting. And once he was done with morning meeting, that Lego piece disappeared. And then the next thing was math. And then he knew to go to math. It was amazing. You guys think outside the box. Using visual schedules could be fun and can be individualized for each student. So to recap today's episode, you can use object schedules for stun boards, picture schedules, written schedules, using just words, binder schedules, a checklist schedule, real photo schedules, mini schedules, mobile schedules, which is just any device, and traveling schedules. I really hope this episode diving deep into different types of visual schedules can help you with your special needs students. That's all for today. Catch you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Autism Academy 360. We hope that you've gained some tips and motivation to fuel your week ahead. Before you go, don't forget to hit that follow button on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. If you want to show support, head to Apple Podcasts and leave your rating and review. Until next time, stay inspired, stay informed, and most importantly, stay connected. We'll catch you in the next episode.